Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb. A special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this beautiful day that the Lord has given us and a day of celebration as we mark and celebrate the baptism of our Lord and all that that means for us. And so as we turn our attention toward that end, I'll ask you to look at the inside of the back cover of your bulletin where we have the Focused on Christ section, a summary of our readings for this day. Our Lord Jesus is baptized to fulfill all righteousness. He partakes of a baptism for sinners in order that he might be our substitute and bear the judgment we deserve. In the water, Jesus trades places with us. Our sin becomes his sin. His righteousness becomes our righteousness. Our glory, therefore, is in Christ Jesus, who became to us righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus is the chosen one, sent from the Father to release us from the prison house of sin and death. Baptized into Christ, we also become the chosen ones, beloved of the Father. We cross the Jordan with Jesus through death into the promised land of new life with God. Our service this day is the Office of Matins. As it begins on page 219, we now sing the first hymn. The Old Testament reading for the baptism of our Lord is from Isaiah chapter 42. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind. To bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts Boast in the Lord. O Lord, have mercy upon us. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. 
And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text this day is the gospel lesson you just heard. Are you sure? It's a common question that is asked when someone is about to make a big decision or take on a big commitment. Are you sure? That is the sense behind John the Baptist's words in the gospel lesson today. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come come to me? John knew his calling from God. He knew what he was to preach, and he knew who he was to preach. And yet when Jesus gets into the water meant only for sinners, he's stunned. When both John and Jesus were still in the womb, John leaped for joy at the presence of his Messiah and Lord. Now, standing in the River Jordan, he has moved in a different way. Are you sure? Jesus answers with a clear yes. Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. Jesus gets into the dirty, filthy, baptismal water that is only meant for sinners. And he is baptized by John. Jesus numbers himself among poor, miserable sinners who are, who are unworthy to stand before the Heavenly Father. And why? Why does the sinless Son of God do this? To fulfill all righteousness. In his baptism, Jesus takes his place as the sin-bearer for all humanity, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus was baptized for you. Jesus was baptized in order to make you righteous in God's sight. It was all part of God's plan of salvation, which he knew before the world began. This epiphany, this revealing of Christ's glory for the purpose of making sinners righteous, it is almost beyond imagining. We would have never come up with a plan like this ourselves. God standing alongside the unrighteous and taking on our filth, our iniquity, our shameful sins, are you sure? Yes, dear sinner, this is what Jesus, God's chosen servant, came to do. And just in case we are tempted to doubt this glorious truth, God does another shocking and amazing thing. He reveals his presence and his glory all the more in this event. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him, and behold... A voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Talk about putting an exclamation point on the event. At one of the only times in recorded history, all three persons of the Holy Trinity are clearly revealed for man to see. God the Son is in the water. God the Spirit descends as a dove and rests upon the Son. And God the Father's voice booms from heaven above. This is my beloved Son, with with whom I am well pleased. There's no need to ask the question, are you sure? Instead, we can only say, amen and amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, 
Amen. Let there be no doubt, this man, Jesus, is the Father's chosen servant prophesied by Isaiah that you heard moments ago. He is the one the Father upholds, and behold, he has put his spirit upon him. Christ Jesus will bring forth justice to the nations as he bears the sin of the world upon the cross in order to make sinners righteous. Christ Jesus will not cry aloud or lift up his voice in the street. He is no brash brute. He is no playground bully. No, Jesus is the definition of strength under control, divine power and majesty in the flesh for the purpose of showing mercy and kindness to fallen sinful man. A bruised reed he will not break, a faintly burning wick he will not quench. The Father's chosen servant will faithfully bring forth justice. There is no need to ask Jesus, are you sure, about his calling and his purpose. He knew what he was getting himself into. He knew the people he came to save. He knows our weakness. He knows our sinfulness and our shame. He knows what resides in the hearts and minds of mankind. He chose to save us anyway, to be baptized for us. He chose to take our sin, your sin, into himself for the purpose of bearing it to the cross in order to faithfully bring forth justice. He knows you better than you know yourself, and he loves you anyway. God's love, it has nothing to do with your worthiness because you, I, all of us, we are all unworthy of it. God the Father chose to love you despite your sinfulness, and he has saved you from the consequences of your sin through the death and resurrection of his beloved Son. The Father called his son in righteousness. He took him by the hand and kept him, preserved him. The father gave us his son as a covenant, a promise, as a light to the Gentiles, to us. And why? Why did he do all this? To open blind eyes. To bring out the prisoners who sit in the darkness of the prison house. He came to set you free from the darkness of your trespasses and the darkness of death. He came to give you eyes of faith that behold him clearly, that behold his glory and hold on to him in faith. He came to pay your debt of sin that you might live forever with him and all those that he has made righteous by his grace. And when the sun returns, he will take you to the glory of the new heavens and the new earth. Glory to God in the highest. And yet, in the weakness of our flesh, the question still stirs in our hearts and minds, are you sure you see, the devil would have us believe that God would send you to hell for even dare to, daring to ask such a question. But remember, dear child of God, that our Lord Jesus will not break the bruised reed. He will not quench the faintly burning wick. He knows your weakness. He knows your doubts. He knows your questions and your fears. And he answers you just like he answered his fearful disciples of old. A little faith, why did you doubt? Take Eat, receive my pierced and risen body for you. Take, drink, receive my risen and glorified blood which was poured out for your salvation. Dear saints, though you are like a bruised reed, your Lord will not break you off. Instead, he binds up your bruised and wounded hearts and minds with his love and with his compassion. Though you are like a smoldering wick, your Lord, he will not snuff you out. Instead, he speaks his cleansing and life-giving absolution to you, his word of forgiveness and mercy. With his word and sacraments, the spirit of our Lord who lit upon Jesus that very day kindles faith and strengthens faith. 
just as he stirred above the waters of your own baptism. He answers your doubts with his sure and certain word, the promises of your baptism, which joined you to him, and with his holy supper, by which he nourishes you in body and soul. He has brought you out of the dark dungeon of sin and death, and he has brought you into his marvelous light. And were all this not enough to fill us with holy joy and wonder, there is yet more. When Jesus answers John, he doesn't simply tell him, yeah, John, it's okay, do as I told you. Jesus answers John saying, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. For us. Did you catch that? Do you know how marvelous this is? Now, to be clear, Jesus is not saying that somehow John adds something to Jesus that he was lacking. Not at all. God alone is our salvation. What Jesus tells John is that he has a part in God's story and plan of redemption. Think about it, folks. The one true God could have chosen to use angels to preach and teach to his people throughout the world. Instead, he called lowly men to be his prophetic and apostolic messengers throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. Whether it be Moses, Elisha, or even the prophet Amos, all of these men were ordinary. They were farmers and shepherds until God called them to preach and teach his word. Then, of course, there's the apostles. Andrew, Peter, James, and John, these were fishermen, and Matthew was a tax collector. And we're not even told what the others were prior to Christ's call for them to be his chosen twelve. Nevertheless, the Son of God called these ordinary, unassuming men to be his apostles. Those who would preach, teach, baptize, and commune his people, his church, as it grew by the working of the Spirit through the gospel. He did not send angels. He called men. And he still does today. Every pastor called by God today should have the same reaction as John the Baptist did when Jesus came to him in the Jordan. I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Lord, I need to be absolved by you, and do you call me to absolve your people? Lord, I need to be taught and preached to by you. And do you call me to preach your holy word to your church? Lord, I need to be fed your body and blood for my forgiveness. And do you call me to feed your sheep and your lambs? Are you sure? Jesus' answer to John is the same to every called and ordained pastor today. Yes, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. God calls men into his apostolic preaching office and gives to them a place in his story. He calls, ordains, and sends men to preach and teach his word, to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, to absolve in that same name and to commune his people with the very body and blood of Jesus. However, lest you feel left out because you're not a pastor, our Lord includes you too. Though you may not have been called and ordained into the office of the holy ministry, our Lord still works through you to bless your neighbors and to confess his holy name. When Christian parents, godparents, grandparents, and relatives teach their children God's word, they are doing a thoroughly God-pleasing thing. The Lord is working through you to teach his word to his beloved little lambs. The same applies to Sunday school and midweek teachers also. Also, when Christian husbands love, serve, and comfort their wives, men, you are loving your wives as Christ loved the church. When a Christian serves their neighbors who are sick, homeless, hungry, poor, or in prison, you share the compassion and mercy of Christ Jesus. 
God delights to work through his ordinary people and the vocations he has placed them into. And do not discount the power of prayer, dear saints. For God calls us all to lift up our neighbors before him and to bless him in his holy name, asking that his will be done in their lives. Husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, singles, workers, citizens, widows, children, students, all have a place in God's order for this world. Our Lord works through his baptized and forgiven saints to do good works of love and mercy, which he has prepared in advance that you should walk in them. He could send angels to do all these things, but instead he chooses to send you. Isn't that marvelous? God be praised. You have a place in God's plan for this world. You have opportunities to serve your neighbors and confess Christ right where he planted you. In fact, we prayed about this very thing in the collect of the day, or we will later on. Father in heaven, at the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, you proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Make all who are baptized in his name faithful in their calling as your children and inheritors with him of everlasting life. And just in case that ever-persistent question of the flesh should rise up in you again, are you sure? We're given our epistle lesson for the day. St. Paul writes, Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Our Lord Jesus is wisdom from God. He is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. It is in Christ Jesus that we boast, not ourselves. In his baptism, he revealed his glory as he took his place alongside you and bore your sin to the cross, for which the Father is well pleased. In your baptism, he gave you his righteousness and his resurrection life. Now you have the assurance that your heavenly Father is well pleased with you also. You are Christ's, and he is yours. Through you, he blesses your neighbors. From him, you receive all good things, forgiveness of sin, life <laughs> eternal, and salvation from the devil. This is most certainly true. To God alone be the glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, amen. Father in heaven, at the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, you proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Make all who are baptized in his name faithful in their calling as your children and inheritors with him of everlasting life. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all the baptized, that having been united to Christ's death and resurrection through water and the word, we may be strengthened by the Holy Spirit and equipped with his gifts to live the new life given us 
by God's gracious act. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who proclaim Jesus Christ, that through their godly message many would repent of their sins and join him in his heavenly kingdom, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For families, that the Lord would bless all parents, especially mothers, to joyfully acknowledge the gift of spouse, children, and home. And for the elderly, the widowed, and the orphan, that our Heavenly Father would show forth his grace to them so that they would not feel alone. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the rulers of the nations, especially Joseph, our president, that they would submit to the preaching of God's word and acknowledge Jesus as the Christ and true King. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those threatened by natural disaster, dangerous weather, pestilence, fire, flood, or famine, that our God who created the heavens and stretched them out would spread out the earth and what comes from it and would provide all that is needed for this body and life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in need of healing and deliverance, including Shirley Dover, Chuck Taney, John Montmuth, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that God would provide healing, restoration, and justice according to his good and gracious will, and that he would cause us to rejoice in the everlasting faithfulness of Christ, his servant, who preserves the bruised reed and the faintly burning wick. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have called your church from every tribe and nation. Grant that your people throughout the world would rejoice in the death and resurrection of Christ and live as those who have died and risen with him in holy baptism. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, again, good morning and welcome and a blessed baptism of our Lord to you all. As we look to our announcements, I want to highlight the first thing written there underneath the schedule. Uh, and that is that today we'll be collecting a special door offering, as you, uh, many of you well know. Uh, some fellow Norbert residents lost their house to a fire back on Christmas Eve. Thanks be to God, no one was seriously injured and no lives were lost. However, the house, as I understand it, was a total loss. Uh, so today a special door offering is being collected to support the family as they get back on their feet. A basket is back uh, on one of the side tables as you exit. So uh, as, as you like, as you are uh, compelled, um, please feel free to give a little something to support this family. Uh, looking back to the calendar then, of course, after worship here, we have Sunday School and Bible Study. And uh, in the Adult Bible Study, we're going to be beginning a series on the prophet Micah. We're going to be studying the book of Micah. Um, the intent is up until Lent. If we get done before then, then we'll study something else. Uh, but we're going to be starting on the prophet Micah today. And then on Tuesday, there's the circuit pastors meeting. This is once a month, and this time for the rotation. We're out in Moberly, so I'll be out there for a good chunk of the day this Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, we have our midweek schooling confirmation at 3.30, followed by workout class at 6 in the auditorium. And then Thursday, um, and this is noted further down in the bulletin there, uh, we're having an information meeting for the Higher Things trip, which will be later on this summer. If you're not familiar with them, Higher Things is a Lutheran organization that has conferences all around the United States during the summer uh, where Lutheran youth can gather together for worship, for Bible study and fellowship, for service opportunities. Uh, these are a smaller scale than, uh, than the National Youth Gathering. They usually have about 1,000 youth per location. And there are two this summer. 
And so this Thursday, we're having a meeting to that end at 6 p.m. in the Bible study room. So youth and parents who are interested in going, please come to the meeting. If you're not able to come, just contact me, and uh, I can get some extra information to you and a registration packet. Uh, the deadline for the early bird registration is the end of this month, so I'd really like a head count so we can go ahead and get ahead of that, save ourselves a little money in our planning and preparation for this. Uh, youth must be confirmed by the time the conference happens. The dates for it are July 25th through the 28th in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, so if you have any questions or, again, are unable to attend the meeting, just talk to me and I'd be happy to help you. Also, uh, higherthings.org is the website. Please visit that for more information about the organization. They have a nice little video, and I'll be sharing it on Thursday, a little video overview of what this conference is about. It's called Beyond Reasonable Doubt, uh, which will be of great benefit to us as we learn why we need not doubt God's word, but uh, treasure it in our hearts and also have the boldness to share it with others in our lives. Uh, please note that Theology on Tap is back for this month, and it's going to be back in the parsonage. The dates are listed there uh, in the bulletin announcement, and I believe that brings us to the end of what's written in the announcements anyway. Anything I may have missed? Okay. Seeing nothing, God's peace be with you as you go forth as his baptized child, rejoicing in the righteousness that Christ has given you, and uh, rejoicing also to share the gospel as he gives you opportunity in your vocations. I'll greet you at the door.